This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. I didn't see any of the, the incidents, but if they're, uh, you know, so showing those sort of signs to what we, uh, what we believe in as a team, um, as a nation, um, you know, I, I haven't got anything good to say about them as uh, supporters, um, them as human beings. Respect everyone and feel that we have um, an incredible platform to, to voice our word, and, and that's what we do before the game. And we stand strong um, together as a team. And to um, to hear that after you know a game in such a big occasion, it's um, it's upsetting and it's, 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 it's wrong. This is on the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine. John Stones speaking there, critical, very critical of the hungry fans who booed the England team taking a knee uh, during the World Cup playoffs that just happened during the week. It is on the ball with me, Ross, and it's a welcome back to the EPL. (laughs) Rejoice, fireworks, everything. (laughs) As usual, get in touch uh, or keep in touch with us. Uh, Follow us on, on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram. And on Facebook as well. Joining me this week to talk football, we've got usual suspect, Bob Holmes. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Glad to have the EPL back, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. And and Bob's got a piece. It's on our Facebook page. Do It gets you up to speed with what's happening so far. Um, also joining us tonight, Craig Marias, before he leaves for the UK and we never see him again. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I haven't officially announced it, Ross. Don't, don't, oh, oh sorry, me. mate. It's all right. It's on your radio. No one's listening. <laughs> uh, great to have the Premier League back as always. And uh, I don't think the international break was as bad as you made, made it out to be, Ross. Uh, okay, it was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Postlethwaite, longtime friend, rejoins us now that Tottenham's somewhere ish. <laughs> Sam, oh, hello, mate. Hey, good to see you. I must admit, I was looking forward to international football to see Harry Kane score, but uh, well, <laughs> it's not gone well. <laughs> not to be. In fact, Harry Kane in England is where we start in Group I. It was England one, Hungary one. Um, well, what took centre stage, Bob, unfortunately, was the booing, as we heard John Stone speak about, and also a bit of crowd violence, what, two minutes after kickoff in the Hungary section? Yeah, I think that that affected the, uh, the match. I really do. Um, I mean, it wasn't a great occasion anyway. It wasn't a full Wembley. There wasn't a great deal at stake, certainly not for England. And the players needed a lift instead of that. They, they were on a downer, weren't they? Right from, right from kickoff or two minutes in. And somehow they weren't able to lift themselves. I know people will say professional footballers, you know, millionaires, um, they shouldn't need, uh, shouldn't allow things like that to affect them. But when you get a team of individuals uh, performing on stage, which is what they are essentially, um, if there's trouble in the crowd or in the audience, it does affect the the performing people, they notice it. Don't pretend they don't. And I somehow they just didn't, weren't able to lift themselves. And I think playing a slightly different formation as well, they probably hadn't got used to that in training. It seems like it's something that Southgate came up with this week. Um, just thought, well, um, there's nothing really at stake here. If I'm going to experiment, I might as well do it in a game like this. And he did so. I don't think he should totally give up on the idea. I think it could be tweaked, but it obviously didn't work. Mm. And it looks as if having a more attacking lineup for England leads to less attacking, <laughs> or at least less. It, it's a less funny effective old game, attacking. that football. Yeah. It let, is. It let, is. Let's, let's stick with the formation and, and let me come to you, Craig, because Gareth Southgate's basically done what most England fans called for, right? Play one holding midfielder instead of a double pivot. It worked really well in the game before. We saw Phil Foden. In, in central midfield, or, or, what, with Jesse Lingard either side of James Ward-Prowse, and, and that seemed to work, but the Hungry game, nah. But should he pursue with this, do you reckon? Definitely. Um, like Bob said, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, I think, you know, the three of them 
well, probably not Declan Rice and Mason Mount, but, you know, Phil Foden, Rice and Mount uh, playing together was the first time. Um, and, and, you know, like everything, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. It, it wasn't, you know, the best performance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but in Phil Foden, you have an absolute gem of a player. I mean, you know, I, I'd go as far as saying he, he's probably one of the most uh, naturally gifted players that England has ever produced. I mean, he's that... Since Paul Gascoigne. Well, I mean, if he if he keeps his career head down, works hard, career on track, um, you know, he he do bigger things than Gaza did. Yeah, oh, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and and I don't have any doubt about that. Not um, drink fourteen pints every night is is a start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love him playing in that central role because he gets on the ball a lot more, as we saw uh, against Andorra. You know, mm. and he's he's got that ability to pick out that pass, uh, the runs that have been made from you know the wide players, whether it's Grealish, Sterling, or Rashford when he comes back, Sancho. Um, and the strikers, he's got that ability to pick him out. And the more he gets on the board, the more things are going to happen. However, in this match, it didn't quite work for them. Um, but, you know, with the one-holding midfielder, it's something they have to do. Yeah. Because you can't go, I mean, as we saw in the Euros, you persisted with those two holding midfielders at times, and you're just like asking, well, maybe, you know, just bring Foden on, you know, let him let him run loose and, and just let Rice hold or Phillips hold. Um, there were a lot of questions being asked. But like you said, Ross, you know, um, this is what the fans wanted. One yeah, holding midfielder, exactly. the rest going forward. And, and it didn't quite work out. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, go with this, persist with this, keep playing this way and, and let them familiarise themselves with each other. And, you know, when it comes to uh, the, the World Cup and hopefully they're, they're gelled by them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, uh, Sam, uh, obviously I'm, I'm coming to you with, with the Harry Kane question here. Um, uh, a lot's been said about his his club form, but international-wise, you had no complaints with with Harry Kane before. No, uh, no, right. exactly. Yeah, he he has been getting the goals. Although from the Euros, he wasn't the most impressive, was he? And he was very. There was a lot of criticism about him, which, in my opinion, was quite duly noted. Um, but when you look at the previous month, where they won four 0 last month, he got a goal. Then he he just wasn't up for it again. Um, it's not as if he's, you know, he hasn't got the skill, he hasn't got the clinical ability, but it just seems like he's almost hung over, that he's carrying more weight than what he should. His his head is not on the pitch. Um, I know we can say about the hostility in the stadium, uh, he's meant to be a captain figure, um, but you've got to remember the game in Hungary was almost twice as worse as the atmosphere they had at Wembley. Yeah, um, he should have had a lot more about him, and in an attacking role, you know, he's the guy for Spurs, especially whenever anyone gets the ball, they're looking for him. Um, also, for England, when you've got the technical ability players, you've got the Mounts, the Fodens, they must be getting their heads up to look for him, and it must be also very damning for them because if they're getting the ball to him and he's not doing anything with it. You're going to look at different different alternatives. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So he needs to get his head in the right place, mm. um, and it's definitely not Spurs, I believe. And I think that's now reflecting on his international performance. If only you could see the pain on Sam's face when he says that. <laughs> but I mean, oh, England, England should still qualify for the World Cup, no problems. They still have a healthy three-point lead over Poland. Two games to go, of course, with the final international break coming up in December. Scotland, it's all going well for Scotland. Can't remember when, well, Bob Holmes <laughs> is certainly old enough to remember when, when Scots were good. You remember the Archie demo goal, Scotland, uh, against Holland, Bob. But uh, this, was a fourth, do. <laughs> this was a fourth victory for the in, in a row for the first time in, what, 14 years for the Scots. And, and the manager's got to take a lot of credit, hasn't he? He has, yeah, yeah. Steve Clark, yeah. He's uh, he's been a great um, servant of football, uh, often better in a number two role, uh, and a lot of people forget that he was Jose Mourinho's number two when yeah. Mourinho first came, the first coming, as it were, of, when he was good, uh, Jose Mourinho, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's not been quite so successful as a number one. Um, but has always been regarded as a, a very deep thinker on football. He's a very serious guy, perhaps not the rabble rouser that some 
dressing rooms require, but no one can dispute his tactical know-how and he's won these players over and he's got better players. This is a crop of players who probably the best uh, that Scotland have had now for quite a few years. Um, you know, they've, they struggled to beat the Pharaohs before. This yeah. is the, um, a couple of times they actually were held by well, the to be Faroe fair, Islands. they did this time as well. Struggled, didn't they? Well, they did. They yeah. did. And uh, Scottish fans were wondering, oh, no, you know, is this <laughs> exactly um, is yeah. the same whole thing? <laughs> uh, especially after the euphoria of the previous weekend, when it looked as if they, um, you know, they had one foot in the qualifier, in the uh, playoffs. The playoffs are not, it's not a straightforward issue, by the way. No. the playoffs it's not Spain as if they, might be in there yet <laughs> yeah they don't just meet you know their their um equivalents in another group in a in a home and away fixture it's rather more complicated than that we haven't got time to go into it on this show it's that complicated but they're still very much on course to make it and uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against them they've got tremendous uh, fighting spirit and they are fairly solid defensively. Yeah. Um, goals has been their perennial problem, but they've got Lyndon Dykes, an unlikely uh, guy, uh, grew up in Australia playing uh, rugby league and Aussie rules, actually turns out to be Scotland's best hope of a goal in, <laughs> in proper football. But that's, that's football, isn't it? And that's life. He scored four, four in a row now. Um, in uh, in all matches, including for QPR, so uh, yeah, it's it's looking good. It's looking good, and um, I know no one I think would uh, begrudge them uh, getting to the first World Cup since 1998. Well, the Scots are healthily placed in second, four points clear of Israel in third in Group F. Of course, Denmark are the runaway leaders. Play eight one eight in that game. Wales also have a very good chance of reaching the World Cup playoffs. They, they beat Estonia 1-0 away. This Wales side, um, we, we, had, we had Des Corkill saying last week that every time he looks at the, the team that, that Wales put out, he wonders how they get results. And mm-hmm. Craig, again, yet again, um, that's a great result. I mean, it keeps, uh, it keeps everything in their own hands, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's a result that they needed, uh, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot's been made of, about this Wales team, you know, no Gareth Bale and, um, you know, a couple of key players uh, missing from there. But, you know, they, they've proven that they can win games without him. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt they're a better side with him in it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's time for the other guys to step up. I mean, he, he doesn't have that much longer, uh, have much longer in his career. Um, so it's the time. It's time for Dan James and you know, Harry Wilsons to step up and and be counted. You know, you got some talented players that uh, playing at the highest level, um, and and they really should be doing a little bit better than they are. Um, but you know, I thought this was a, a good performance. I think Rob Page for all the controversy that's that's been happening with this Wells thing in terms of Ryan Giggs and him stepping up. And I think at one stage it was Ryan Giggs picking the team and him training them. And you know, it was it was a bit of a mess. You know, I think they've got that sorted now. Rob Page picks the team, picks the squad. Um, I think they're still, I mean, I think Ryan Giggs is still actually the, the, the Welsh manager, um, you know, <laughs> until his call game. It's ridiculous because I think it's been going on for about a year now. Um, but, you know, they seem to have got it sorted. Uh, they seem to, to be a lot more settled. Um, and they're not going to go out and blow teams away, let's be honest. But yep. it's scrappy, scrappy games like this, you know, going away <laughs> to Estonia and, and getting the three points, which is which is going to be important for them if they were to qualify. Um, you know, look, they, they similarly to Scotland, you know, they don't have a big pool of players to choose from. Um, so so that's that's always the downside, you know, when especially when you're up against like England and, uh, and things like that and competing for players. Um, you know, the, the pool is very small for them, but... You know, Kiefer Moore pops up, gets a goal, and uh, and they get the three <laughs> points, and and there you go. You know that, Welsh that's all hero. you can from this Welsh team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and you look at the table, and you know, eleven points. They they they're tied uh, with Czech Republic with a game in hand. Exactly. Uh, we don't we, we don't expect them to 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 beat. Uh, I mean, to to finish above Belgium or anything like that. But I mean, to to be in the position they are right now. I mean, they're absolutely laughing, and um, they they must have that belief that they can go on and, and qualify from this group. All right, it's, uh, it's, it's not pretty, is it? But they're getting the job done. 
That's, that's what I find. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's well, not going to be like that with Wales. Mm. It's you sad though because to blow blow teams away. Like you say though, when you when you got the likes of James and Ramsey and Bale when he does play, there could be a bit more prettiness about it. But fair play, they're getting the points, they're getting the job done. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up the World Cup qualifiers before we start previewing the EPL weekend. Uh, Germany became the first team to qualify for the World Cup. They won four nil away at North Macedonia. Timo Werner scoring twice. Uh, Hansi Flick uh, has, is off to a flyer, really, with the German national side. Denmark became the second European nation to qualify for Qatar 2022. 1-0 uh, home win against Austria leaves them top of the group, unassailable over the rivals. Portugal haven't quite qualified yet, but worth mentioning that they beat Portugal. Uh, Portugal they beat Luxembourg 5-0. <laughs> Ronaldo, a hat-trick, taking him to 3,947 goals. <laughs> in 20 games or something. I he's yeah, crazy what Ronaldo does. Anyway, that in a nutshell is your World Cup qualifiers. Forgive us if we cut it short because we want to talk EPL football, and that is next. Ishmael Asar deflected and and what for double their lead. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down. But I never give up. I continue my way. I have a strong character. I am so young and I want to continue. Why are you are laughing? <laughs> this is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. That was Claudio Ranieri, the ever so enigmatic Claudio Ranieri. Uh, soon to be 70. 70 next Wednesday, I understand. Watford in 15th. Take on Liverpool in second. It is the early kickoff at 7.30 p.m. 70-year-old Claudio Ranieri, Bob. There's hope for you at Forest yet, you know. <laughs> He's my role model. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you reckon? I mean, he's coming... And there's a it's a tough run of games ahead of uh, ahead of him for the next six or so. And you know, Watford sack willy nilly as well, don't they? Uh, yes, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, you you don't know which uh, Claudio Ranieri you're going to get. Are you going to get the one that uh, won the league with Leicester, or are you going to get the one that took Fulham down? Or well, they were down. Uh, he, did, he did a lot towards taking them down. And he was sacked before they actually went down, didn't he? Mm. So he was a disaster there. And that came after his unbelievable success at Leicester. So there's a bit of inconsistency. But after the Fulham disaster, he did a good job at Sampdoria. And that's really why the, uh, the Pozzo family have given him the job. Um, fellow Italian um, and all that. And... Um, I'm surprised they've given him a contract as long as uh, they have. Uh, anything more than two weeks uh, is a bit of a risk at Watford, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think they've had more managers than any of us have had hot dinners, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> combined. I, I mean, but it's a deliberate policy. I mean, this, this has been discussed and it seems to work because yeah. they are in the top flight I mean, in the history of Watford, they haven't spent many years in the top flight. The only previous time before this, this, uh, these owners was under Elton John, um, when the, and Graham Taylor was manager. Graham Taylor, yeah. So, so this is this is um, these are halcyon days for Watford Football Club, and they're there because of this ruthless, more ruthless than Roman Abramovich policy of sacking managers the moment they start to falter. So it, it's working. And with the new manager bounce that Ranieri is bound to get, he's bound to get a few games, whatever the result, uh, this could be a little bit tricky for Liverpool. Mm. I mean, Liverpool, one of the players has already said, beware the new manager bounce. Absolutely. And as they're going into the game, uh, Jurgen Klopp doesn't know how many players will be missing. Because they're they're on the plane um, coming back from South America, and it doesn't know what sort of shape they're going to be in. In so fact, that, yeah, that's they, a factor. They, they're probably on the plane right now as we speak. I, I was reading that all the Premier League clubs have have got in touch, and and they're all going to put on a plane, private plane, to get all the players back. 
I just hope that Fred didn't make the flight, but that, that's a different story. <laughs> Josh just going to point out to you, Ross, he just got an assist a few hours ago. Oh, okay, okay. Just, just going to put that one out there. But he's lost his baggage. <laughs> May he be searching for it at, at Buenos Aires Airport. Um, Joshua King is out for, for the Hornets. Uh, Francisco Sierralta is also out. Nicholas Nkolu could be in line to make his debut. But as Bob mentioned, up to six players could be missing for Liverpool. I mean, even if they do make the flight, Greg, you're talking about literally playing, what, less than 24 hours before. For an outfield player, that might be a stretch, but you can understand Alisson maybe might play. He's a goalie, right? Yeah, I actually don't think they will. I think uh, Fabinho, um, Alisson won't, won't make this match. I think it's just too soon. I mean, um, you know, earlier earlier today, uh, earlier this morning, rather, um, Brazil played their match. And, you know, it's just impossible. You know, these you know players keep coming out and saying they're not robots. I think it was Fabinho that came out um, a couple of days ago and said, you know, there's there's actually no hope for us to to play um, against Watford. And they're, they're focusing on... Um, the Champions League match, I think, is against Atletico Madrid. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's impossible, you know. It's a, it's a long trip uh, that they have to do straight after playing. And then there's that, you know, the, the, the time difference and adjusting yourselves back. Yeah, I mean, it's just impossible to play. Or if they were to play, to play at the level required yeah, um, in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, and Watford will be licking their lips, for sure. Um, they, they'll fancy their chances for this. But... Despite you saying all that, I just can't see it. I mean, I looked at Watford, new manager, and you talk about that new manager bounce. Is that still such a thing um, against such a fantastic team like Liverpool? I mean, I, I just can't see it. I think it'll be tough. It won't be smooth sailing. But, I mean, the form that Salah's in, you can't ignore that. Um, Jota, I think, has been declared fit. Trent has uh, been declared fit. So, a lot of positives for Liverpool as well on that front. Um, I, ca I can't see this upset that, that you know, that is being uh, talked about, this new manager bounce. Ranieri, is he the guy to take them out of it? I mean, again, don't think so. don't think it's been a great appointment by Watford. Um, I'll, I'll be very surprised if he lasts the season. Um, Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. I mean, but it wouldn't surprise you with these owners. I mean, well, it would not yeah. surprise you one bit. If he loses I the next four, you know, he could be well on his way. I was reading up about um, Udinese as well. They're, they've had 10 managers since 2015, so it's not just a Premier League thing. And Ranieri says he knows that in Italy they sat managers left, right and centre. But I did find it quite amusing when he said he wanted to uh, surpass Roy Hodgson's record at 74 because I think he, no way is he going to be at Watford for the next four years. But, um, it, it, He'll have I another three or four clubs by then. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the only benefit with Ranieri tomorrow is he won't have the time to tinker. This is a team that is constantly changing as much as the manager. Uh, you can't say that many of the players aren't moved about quite that often. Um, it's a very tinkered squad with now a tinkered manager. And I think tomorrow he has to go in there with just the facts that are there. All right, he's strong. We'll put him in. We won't move it about. Um, I think the biggest competition, like you say, will be the debutant of Nakulu and Mane, who's out to score his 100th goal, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's, he's, um, yeah. he's not going to be available. That's it. Um, uh, oh, he's not available, is he? Or? No, he's still not fit. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Well, Mane's in. Liverpool win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Liverpool uh, apparently are in the midst of preparing an £82 million three-year contract for one Mo Salah, which would make him the highest earner by a long way. It is a 7.30pm kickoff that won Watford versus Liverpool. Will there be any kind of bounce for Claudio Ranieri? Well, I hope he's as enigmatic as we heard after the game as well. <laughs> uh, Man City third against Burnley 18th. It's a Saturday 10pm kickoff. Bob, I was reading that City currently have, what, four five nil home wins against Burnley. No team <laughs> has ever had five five nil home wins in a row. <laughs> I'm sorry, Burnley fans, if you're listening. I, I don't mean any disrespect, but it is Man City Burnley at home, right, Bob? Yeah, well, so much for putting eight men behind the ball. Eh? <laughs> um, it doesn't seem to work. Uh, 
but uh, Sean Dyche isn't under any pressure. He's just signed a long-term contract, isn't he? Hasn't he? So um, no worries there. No Ben uh, Lee for yeah. Burnley. Uh, he's, he's contracted COVID, so he's out for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, well, City, uh, they should they should win this, obviously. But um, I mean, Harry Kane will be looking and wishing he was there um, to maybe <laughs> help himself to a few. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there if there wasn't some movement in January, you know, mm. with um, City trying to get Kane. Um, I mean, if uh, if he's still unhappy, still sulking like he seems to be, and City are needing a lift and needing some goals it's pretty clear they do need a center forward I say center forward in that sense of the old-fashioned sense they need some presence in there in the middle um it could happen and maybe that's what he's uh, you know he's longing for because his head is just not in the right place but City should have enough. Um, I mean, they scored a lot of goals last season and they didn't have Aguero um, for all but the last couple of games. They had uh, Gabriel uh, Jesus didn't even play that much either. So, I mean, there are goals. Gundogan was the leading scorer last season. It's about time he played. I think he's, he should be fit for this. Um, but you've got guys like Bernardo Silva, Sterling, Foden, Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, you just rattle them off. I mean, they've all got goals in them, haven't they? Mm. And they should they should be able to beat Burnley at home. Well, Raheem Sterling's been in the press recently. Uh, he's saying that he might have to move to get regular football. He has been underused in the league. I, I, I was reading that he's impressed the coaches, Craig. Quick word about him as we go into the break. Uh, Raheem is even willing to play that false number nine role. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an incredible footballer. There's no doubt about it. But over the last couple of seasons, um, his performances for England, um, well, in the last year, sorry, have, have been better than it has been for club. And he's been in and out of the side. He hasn't been really getting that run this season. And, um, you know, just, just reading those comments, as, as you said, you know, he, he's kind of opened himself to a move abroad. Uh, so potentially kind of attract those, those big clubs. But I can't see that happening. I think he's too integral um, to what City are doing. Um, I, you know, even though the stats don't reflect that, I think he's 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 so key um, to to what Pep Guardiola and City are doing, um, and and he's willing to sacrifice himself to, to play in that false line position. It's not um, a great position for him, but with City lacking that striker and and Gabriel Jesus playing out wide, you know, um, we know Pep favors that kind of uh, that 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 tactic uh, to play that false line to play a winger, whether it's Torres, whether it's Sterling in that role. Um, I hope to see the best of Sterling this season, you know, because once he's in full flight, he, he's, he's a handful. He really is. With his speed, um, I think he's really improved his decision-making um, over the last few years, which has been the difference between, you know, before he joined City and after he joined City. He's added goals to his game. He's added assists. Um, he, he's slowly becoming the complete player. And the mad thing about this is that he's only 26. Yeah. He's only 26. I mean, it seems like he's been around forever. I was reading an article... Um, Saying he's, he's played for England for the last nine years. He's got 70 caps and he's only 26. Crazy. It's ridiculous. All right. Um, Ferran Torres has been ruled out for up four to six weeks, fracturing his right foot on international duty. So that's even one less false nine for Pep to tinker with. 10 p.m. kickoff that one Man City against Burnley. Uh, we're off for another break. See you in a bit. That is a screamer from Phil Foden. They are. Away. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Jamie Vardy delivers again. Leicester City in front. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, Craig Marais, Bob Holmes, and Sam Fosselthwaite joining me this Friday evening to look forward to match day eight of the EPL season. Don't forget to sort out your fantasy football teams. If you are in our BFM Fantasy League this season, you will know that it's brought to you by my-soccer.com. Right then, uh, looking forward to the action. Leicester City take on Manchester United. Leicester currently in 13th. Uh, coming to you first, Sam, you've got an affinity for the Foxes. I know that. Um They've had an up and down start to the season, haven't they? Well, that's the it, yes. 
like you say, they're, they're FA Cup Charity Shield winners over Man City and they're 13th in the league, eight points. Uh, they throw a 2-0 win against Crystal Palace, letting two silly goals. They have been played with injuries, but then they have got the players to actually back it up to fill it in. I don't believe that a lot of the players are living up to their potential. It seems that Vardy is actually dragging them along. There's questions around Tillemans. Will he be there next season? Will he not? Uh, Perez and Barnes. I'm, I'm, I am disappointed with Perez, actually. I, I don't think he's quite lived up to the price tag that he actually had. Barnes was very disappointing because he was knocking on Southgate's door and he yeah, hasn't he was stepped good last up season, either. wasn't he? Yeah. That's it, yeah. And I, I have been reading a few of the fan sites and um, a lot of people are calling for two people to be up front. Iniacho, apparently he's... 34 games, 19 goals, five assists. That kind of shouts out, you should be playing with two men full. Seems uh, if they were just attacking down the wings. And after a time, it became very repetitive and easy for the defenders to um, cancel it out. And as soon as Palace realised that, they were in. Uh, they, they had cancelled Leicester's attack and it was straightforward. I must admit, if they... If they don't produce a good performance against United, the scoreline could go either way, but it will be down to performance. There will be questions asked about Rodgers, who has now recently stated that he will be staying at Leicester with Newcastle sniffing around. Apparently, he Um, wants the uh, Man City job after Pep, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Think think of the size of his portrait then. (laughs) (laughs) And his envelopes. (laughs) <laughs> there'll be platinum envelopes won't they Bob <laughs> I mean um, alright for, for, for United um, they're amazingly going to try and stretch their unbeaten run to 30 games going back from last season but that aside a weekend means Bob Holmes spotlight and pressure on one Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Every game, it comes with every game. I wonder if that's in the job description. Is that why managers get paid so much, you reckon? Because it comes with a whole load of beep that comes with it, right? Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? He must wonder what he's done to deserve this. Because, I mean, here they are. It's a good job his hair's white, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 29 games unbeaten away from home. Uh, You know, he's... I mean, he, uh, they came second last year. Uh, you know, it, it's not bad, is it, for a, a relatively inexperienced manager? But, of course, we all know why he's under pressure. Uh, it's Manchester United. And there's always been that feeling that he, he was the caretaker. And I think that's what's dogged him. That's why he gets this now. When he, I mean, he hasn't really done anything to deserve this kind of pressure. Uh, I mean, the Ronaldo signing, I think, has uh, actually upset his plans. Sancho, I've said this before, Sancho was going to be the main man playing on the right. And then suddenly out of the blue, they get Ronaldo. And I think that's upset the apple cart a little bit, to use an old phrase. Um, it's Although it's obviously great to have a goal scorer like Ronaldo, it virtually guarantees you uh, at least a goal a game. Who wouldn't want that? But it's upset the balance of the team. It's upset Sancho. And I think it's upset Solskjaer because it wasn't really his decision to, um, to get Ronaldo. It seems as if it was a collective with uh, Alex Ferguson having a bit of a say. Ed Woodward, obviously, for, the commercial, for commercial reasons. And, and the Glazers. And, so if you ask any, that... and, if you, and if you were able to ask any fan, they would have just bitten your hand off and said, yes. It like yeah. in a second, yeah. right? Whereas, and Solskjaer was just there sort of saying, nodding, nodding along with all this, you know, and probably aware that this was going to sort of mess up his, his plans a little. And with them uh, being a little bit unlucky with injuries, I mean, now they, uh, they spend 120 million on uh, two centre-backs. Maguire was 80 of it, Varane 40, and both are out. Like Maguire is coming back, but I think he's not quite ready for this. Varane is going to be out for a few weeks. So you've got the second-rate central defenders in, uh, Bailly, most likely, and uh, Lindelof. They should be capable. I mean, they're international players. They're not, not a bad pair to have as your reserve 
centre-backs, actually, to be fair. But there's that little bit of uncertainty, the fact that, you know, he's bought these these two big names and neither of them are there. Sancho is not not really firing, he's spluttering. Um, and it's not quite going to plan. Pogba's in and out. Fred is Fred. Um, Greenwood, where, you know, in and out of the side. I mean, it's not quite working. It's not going really smoothly, is it? Although, I mean, they're up there. They're only a point behind Liverpool. Uh, so it's hardly crisis. But I'm just trying to explain why Solskjaer finds himself under this intense pressure. If he were to lose to Leicester, a, a, um, a team without three uh, of its key players, Fafana and Didi and uh, Justin... A, weak, a seriously weakened Leicester City, or a low down in the table, the pressure will be on, will be upped even greater. Yeah, and he doesn't, he doesn't deserve this, frankly. He doesn't deserve no. this. But this is, this is just part of the job, isn't it? Being Man United manager. All right. Well, last word goes to the United fan. I, I know, Craig, you you are behind Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He has made United a lot more attractive to watch as a fan. Uh, you, you, you're all for backing the manager. But my question here is, when does that end? When, when does it get close to the line? When do you go, OK, you should be getting us something by now? It must be getting close, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, with the money that he spent, um, with the players that he signed, uh, I just feel that, uh, and I said this at the start of the season, this is a year where he has to win something. Um, there, there's no two ways about it. The round of the League Cup now, it, it gives him, what, three trophies to, to compete for. He has to win one of them, whether it's the FA Cup, which is, you know, the lowest that he can get right now, uh, whether it's the league or whether it's the Champions League. And, you know, you might laugh a little bit when I, when I say the last two, but, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the reality of it. Yeah. You know, he has to win something. And I, and I did say when he took over, you know, give him, give him a few transfer windows, give him a few years to get the plays that he wants. I think he's got the plays that he wants. Maybe they're a player too short, but it's, it's a squad that's good enough to, to, to be competing for those, those titles. Um, so I, I don't think there are any excuses anymore. Um, but, you know, back to your question, you know, um, this month, October itself, is a, it, it's, a, it's a run of very, very difficult pictures. City, you know? Liverpool, Atalanta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got them all. Uh, you've got them all. And it starts, obviously, this weekend with Leicester. And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, I think it's going to have some kind of impact on the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I really do, yep. because it's going to see how he manages his squad. It's going to see how he approaches games tactically. Um, it's going to tell us a lot of things about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United. And like Bob said, it doesn't help with the two first-choice centre-backs out. But, hey, look, everyone's got injuries. Liverpool did had a lot of injuries last season. Uh, they managed to ride it out and, and get themselves into the Champions League. Um, no excuses. Um, it's a difficult run, but... You've got to play them all at some stage and um, it'll be very interesting to see how he comes out uh, come November. Talk about pressure. <laughs> Leicester in 13th <laughs> against Manchester United in 4th. Your run of the mill Saturday 10 o'clock kickoff. Wow, you tell Ole that. <laughs> final, <laughs> final break then. Back right after this. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Tony's there! On the mark for Brentford, as he so often has been. This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. And here we all are, Craig, Bob and Sam joining me, looking forward to Brentford against Chelsea. Brentford have been... Great fun this season, Sam. Currently seventh. Uh, they have they yet to lose a London derby in, in the you, Premier League. I'm I'm really enjoying watching their games at the minute. Um I tuned in for the um, playoff final last year with Ivan Tony, and he was sensational throughout the whole championship season. Um but they've come to the Premier League and they are really thriving off that underdog's title you know every time they go into okay they're going to be the underdogs they've got nothing to lose and they are going out there and the pace of the game um that liverpool game the other week i really wish there was another 30 minutes 
you know, at the end of the game, because there could have been more goals, more goals. <laughs> They've got underrated players um, that really come through. Rico Henry, who, yeah, who came from yeah. Warsaw in 2016. Like, Warsaw. No no one's heard of Warsaw. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's fantastic. And this is a team that has sold off a lot of their best players. It is and, their modus operandi, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm I'm really they they're saying okay, the underdogs against Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea, yeah, three points, let's say. But can we rule Brentford out entirely? You know? Yeah, well, this is it. I I mean, I don't even know Chelsea three points, Bob, because I mean, okay, they they're they're in force this weekend, I understand. Thomas Tuchel can call on Ngolo Kante back in that midfield. Um, he's had a lot of success playing three at the back. Brentford famously also play three at the back. So this could be a, a real gung-ho game for the weekend, this one, couldn't it? Absolutely. Uh, London Derby, again, as you say, a very close neighbours. Um, you would never have dreamed that Brentford would would be up there with Chelsea. Uh, I used to cover West London games. Uh, it was my beat. And Chelsea were not what they are now, nowhere near. But Brentford are nowhere near what they are now either. <laughs> and I mean, there was a huge gulf then. If you'd said that they'd be playing each other and, and uh, in the top flight and not ruling out a Brentford victory, uh, you would have uh, had your head examined. But uh, they've already uh, beaten Arsenal and drawn with Liverpool uh, at home. And uh, they are no mugs. And I think most people having, it's only seven games, but I think most people have seen enough to be saying they're going to stay up. They could even be mid-table. They're seventh now. Well, I don't think they'll end up seventh, to be honest. But they've got enough about them to trouble the best teams. They've got a solid defense. They've got a good keeper. They've got a very good keeper, I think, Raya. And... They, they've got Tony, I think, is the best uh, striker that they've produced. They've produced one or two and sold them off like Ollie Watkins. But Tony looks the, the complete striker. He's a very tough customer. He's, he's a complete player. He's good with a left foot, right foot, good in the air. He, he tracks back. He's got goals in him. I, I'd be amazed if Brentford could hang on to him for another season. I think he'll score probably close to 20 goals this season and there'll be a big transfer for him. He's that good. I think he, he'll probably get in the England squad. Uh, so they, they are a quality team and under an astute manager. Yeah. And this whole thing, this whole money ball or so-called money ball thing, it's obviously working. And they're fetching these guys from unheard of places and turning them. They've seen something in them. Their scouting network is absolutely brilliant. They've been they're turning uh, players, nobodies, into uh, Premier League players. And they've got a great spirit about them, a new ground, great fans. So I, I'd be surprised if Brentford were relegated. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get something from, from this game against Chelsea. Brilliant. We're all set up for a cracker then. Brentford against Chelsea is Sunday at half past midnight. Another one we will earmark his potential cracker is Craig Marais, the David Moyes derby. Everton entertain uh, West Ham United. Of course, David Moyes synonymous with both clubs now, very happily uh, with West Ham fans as well. Um, I mean, let's start with Everton. Rafa and Everton, they, they, this is their best home start for I don't know how long, for a very long time. They, they're going for apparently the fourth straight home win. Uh, hasn't been done for, for many, many years. They're, they're pretty solid and they're missing players as well. Yeah, they are. And uh, what he's done, Rafa, is steady the ship. I mean, let, let's you know, not be around the bush. You know, he's not a manager that's going to take them up into the Champions League and, or anything like that. You know, he's not going to win a cup. But what they've done is they've realised that, OK, you know, we've had a few tough, tough uh, seasons. We spent a lot of money. We haven't really got um, the reward for it. Um, and and now we've brought in an experienced manager just to steady things up. Um, he's on a budget, as you can see with the signings that he's made, uh, but he's got them playing, which is the most important thing. I mean, they've been getting results without the likes of Richarlison and without the likes of uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. 
who are very crucial to, to whatever Everton are going to do. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I, I think Richarlison misses this. I think that Dominic Calvert-Lewin might be back for it. Um, and that's going to be a big factor for them because, you know, right now they're relying on Solomon Rondon to, to score goals. And, uh, well, let's let's be honest, he's, he's not really up to it. You know, he's, he, he's got on and never really fired, um, you know, in the Premier League. But Rafa seems to fancy him quite a bit, takes him everywhere he goes. Um, but it's the exciting plays that they have behind him, you know. I thought the signing of Andrus Townsend was a very astute one, yeah. a very smart one. You're getting a very experienced Premier League player, uh, a lethal left foot. Um, you know, whips in a, a great ball into the area, and especially when you got someone as good as Dominic Cover doing in the air, um, you know, you're always going to get a couple of goals there. Uh, Damari Gray, yeah. I mean, you know, never really got a chance at Leicester, went over to Germany, um, went over to Germany, I think 1.5 million they paid for him or something like that from, from Leverkusen. I mean, what a start he's had to life in the Premier League, um, again. So it's it's just a combination of plays that he's managed to bring in to steady the ship. Now, against a tough West Ham, West Ham side who have been playing very well over the last couple of seasons, you know, it's going to be a tough game. But at the same time, uh, West Ham uh, with Europe um, coming and, you know, the squad's not exactly the biggest. Um, I fear for them this season. I don't think, I mean, they've, they've, they've had a great start to the season, don't get me wrong. But once those fixtures start piling up, I think they've got a really um, a tough run uh, in October as well, the next four or five pictures are, are tough games for them. Uh, be interested to see how they cope with that. Well, West Ham pair, Saeed Benrama and Mikel Antonio have created 14 chances, seven each, for each other in the Premier League this season. That's more than any other pair in the league. Uh, Everton have never had four successive wins uh, at the start of a season ever at home so this will be a first it is a Sunday 9pm kickoff that won Everton against West Ham now we've got to look at money bags Newcastle United currently 19th second from bottom <laughs> uh, taking on Tottenham um, I mean we're not going to see the billions in play this weekend Bob Holmes in fact Steve Bruce will still be in charge of the same squad of players but St. James's Park will be rocking. Yes, a, a very strange situation. I mean, uh, they've more or less said that uh, Bruce won't be the, the guy to lead the project, but they're going to give him the dignity of uh, having his thousandth game um, this weekend. Thousand games as a manager. Uh, that's uh, at least that's something. It'll be interesting to see whether the fans um, give him a, a round of applause or not, um, because obviously they they're very anti Bruce un, unfairly in in I think all our opinions. Yeah. Um, but it it would have looked very bad I think if they if they'd sacked him immediately, even if they had somebody lined up, uh, it would have been nine hundred ninety nine not out. Well, that, that would have been something <laughs> something on your CV, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, anyway, he'll be in charge. But the problem they have is that they can't spend any money until January. Mm. Now, if they're, if they're going to get players lined up, uh, the current players are going to know that their days are, are numbered. And it's not much of an incentive if they keep reading in the gossip columns that, oh, Newcastle are, are going to sign so-and-so in January for 50 million, another one, 60 million. Um, on the other hand, you could say, well, uh, the best ones will survive. It's up to them to prove themselves. They won't need to have a, an expensive um, replacement. So it'll be interesting to see which way this goes and how the players respond. But it'll be a bit frustrating for the owners to uh, to have all this money and not be able to use it. And by the time they can use it, they could be in trouble. I mean, they're in the relegation zone now. They're not very good. And they've got some tough games uh, coming up. And if they're stuck down there, who will want to join? Some of these players they're talking about, star players, okay, they'll be told that a bunch of big names are coming and they'll get them out of the, of the relegation zone. But if there's a serious prospect of going down and playing next season in the championship, what big name uh, player is going to join mm. if there's a, if there's a, a, a realistic uh, possibility? Yeah. So they've got a problem here. 
and they've they've just got to make sure they 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 don't get into the rally or don't stay in the relegation zone until uh, before January, and they can just they say they want to grow organically. Just buy one or two players to strengthen the team, and then make your big impact in the summer next next season's transfer window. Somehow, somewhere, Steve Bruce is looking for some kind of new manager bounce this weekend. <laughs> new manager bounce completely gone with Nuno uh, Espirito Santo at Spurs. Um, three three one nil wins preceded by three really bad losses. Um, I mean, okay, all the talk and, and attention on Newcastle this weekend, Sam. But Nuno's under pressure here. You you're you're required to come away with three points against Newcastle United, nineteenth in the league. Exactly. The best news that I've heard out of Spurs, apart from a couple of transfers in the summer, was we won two one before the international break. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, watching the football against Chelsea, Chelsea brought on Kante to contain Spurs in the first half because they were really going for them, and then all of a sudden there's this massive space open and Kante was able just to go straight up the mid- middle of the park. Um, they're just not coming together. Nuno's a very defensive manager and we conceded three games in a row, three nils. Um, Kane is a world-class striker that has probably gone from 120 mil this summer. Probably, I don't know, if we get 50, that'll be a bit of a bargain and it'll be our <laughs> luck. That he'll, you know, it'll be our luck that then he goes to Man City and he turns into the 120 odd million pound player again. <laughs> As a Spurs fan, I don't want him to leave. As an England fan, get the hell out of there, you know. Uh, don't look back. Um, <laughs> they've got the players. The fans aren't happy. The manager is not playing a decent style of football. Um, people criticise Jose for the way he played, but this time last season... You know, first, second, third around there, scoring goals. We've signed players. We've spent money. It's now time to deliver. And I think Newcastle, you know, this is going to be a tough game, actually, um, that could produce anything. All right. It's a big game for both managers, this one. Newcastle against Spurs is Sunday at 11.30 p.m. Sadly, that's all the time we have. So I'm going to have to thank Craig Marias. Thank you very much. Uh, thank, but is that your your dog there, Craig? Yes, it is two of them. Um, sorry, Mrs. just came back. Uh, it's all right. Lovely soundbite. For uh, <laughs> bye, doggy. Uh, thank you as well to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. And thanks, Sam Postlethwaite. Lovely to have you back. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. Yep, I'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Some people are on the pitch, they think it's all over. It's all over. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.